Hey everybody, it's Jeff. I wanted to elaborate on a message in the outro of the last episode. In case you missed it, well, I'm getting married. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast and I got engaged in the before times, and we've put our wedding off long enough. We're also going to go on a honeymoon. Insane, we know. But because of that, this podcast is going to take a break from putting out new shows for all of October. In addition to everything else going on in your lives, we encourage you to browse our archives of more than 170 episodes and get to know more of your fellow San Franciscans. Also, keep looking for content on our social media channels, including wedding and possibly honeymoon photos. Thanks as always for listening. Take care of yourselves, and we'll see you again with new episodes in November. Well, I just was coming for training. It's three years. Little did I know I would spend the rest of my life here, so I haven't, I haven't left since I came, so. That was Yeva Johnson. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. In this podcast, Yeva picks up where she left off in part one, concluding the story of her time in Brazil before going back for four years of med school in Rhode Island. She visited San Francisco on a fortuitous spring break trip, and again shortly after the 1989 earthquake. Then, in 1990, she was matched with a program at SF General Hospital and made the move out here. She says in the meantime, she had kids, she worked a lot, and she eventually discovered poetry. Yeva ends this episode reflecting on what San Francisco is and what it could become. And then she reads one of her poems, Incantation for Black Lives to Remain in Focus After the Outrage Fades. Here's Yeva. One thing that I had, I told you about like the different marches and peace marches and stuff. One thing that also was a big part of my growing up was where our family was involved with a group that's called Children's International Summer Villages. Okay. And it's about peace, mm-hmm. world peace, getting kids. It's an American uh, psychologist who started the organization back in the 50s okay. uh, and picked the age of 11 for kids to get to know each other before that's an age where you're old enough to go away from home but young enough that your your prejudices haven't hardened and solidified so much and there are these international peace camps with different kids from different countries all over and so my mom found this thing and so when I was 11 I was lucky enough to go to a camp in Tanzania for a month and I did that and that was really interesting it's very interesting Um, and then those camps they ended up the first ones, people missed each other. They started making these reunion camps. When they got, yeah. So the reunion camps turned into a new type of camp called seminar camp for okay. teenagers. Okay. So when I was a teenager, I went to seminar camp in France that time. I went wow. um, and I, I was 17. And that was so, that was a great one too. And one of my good friends was from Brazil and whatever, you know, it was a, it was a bilingual camp in mm-hmm. French and, and, and English. Okay. And, um, Where in France was that? It was in Semoise, which is 
out near just outside of Geneva, like way on that oh. the side uh, in the Alps okay. in that area. Some Beautiful. little little town. Yeah. yeah. So that was um, that was a three week three week camp. I just found a friend from that camp. He's recently. A, recently, like very like about we just got on a Zoom call like a few weeks ago. Yes. And he's from Norway. Okay. And we had kind of. We were try We haven't seen each other in person since that time. We were gonna get together, but all this terrorism stuff. Mm -hmm. We were gonna meet in London years ago, but that it was when the shoe, the bomber. shoe bomber. The shoe bomber. It's because of the shoe bomber. Another big regret. You're here. There's my regrets, right? Okay. Don't skip a year of college. And when you get a chance to see a really good friend from Norway, yeah. Forget the freaking shoe, shoe bomber, bomber and just, just go. go meet them. Because yeah. we were like both had very little money. I was like, well, we'll meet up, and you know, and. We were gonna meet up and I was like, I'm too nervous about this shoe bomber thing, I can't come. And that was like our chance. So oh, we, but I, and then we kind of lost contact. It turns out both of us are not very, it, I was like looking for him. My sister helped me find him. She's like searching on the internet. And he's mm -hmm. like at this school, we found this school. And I called, there was a number, I find the number. Yes. I call like, and I'm like, because a friend has her daughters go, went to Norway to his, he lives way up north in a, in, okay. way up north in, in Norway. So I call the school and I'm like, I don't know if this guy is still, and his name, he has a name that's like John Smith in oh, Norwegian. Okay, right, right, like, right, right. For me, it's the only one I know with that name. So. I leave this mess. I call this school. It's like Norwegian, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. I think it's saying, please leave a message. So I'm like, hello, my name is this, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I hope my friend is still there. I don't, you know, I leave this thing. I don't know if it gets through. So I don't hear anything. I've sent an email. I don't get an email. Finally, something happened where he's like, gets my sleep. Yeva, I'm so sorry. Can we do a Zoom? So we did a Zoom call yes. just a few weeks ago. Oh, wow. It was wonderful. What is his first name? Yon. Yon. Which okay. is like John. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. So. That um, is amazing. It's wonderful. And so I got to connect him with my friend's daughter. They're going to have, she's like, oh, we'll have her for lunch. We'll have her yes. over for dinner. And, but it's just amazing how all this time has gone by. But. Uh, it was like no time went by. Exactly. You know? Yeah, and that's so. So um, you you brought that up to talk about these these camps. The seminar, yes. Seminar yes. The camps oh, because that, yeah. so when I was in Brazil, so like get us back to Brazil. So I had done that camp when I was seventeen in France. Okay. When I was in Brazil, I was on staff at a camp in oh. Brazil. Okay. Uh, for one of these seminar camps. Okay. So that was a really yeah. It's wow. been one of those. Um, yeah. So eventually you left Brazil. Did yes. you go back to Providence or? Um, yes. Okay. So I that was that was my junior year. Okay. And then there's the skipping the year of college. So mm -hmm. I started medical school right after right I got back that. from Brazil. Okay. And that was like I had a shock of like first to get back to the states, where it, in Bahia at that time, um, there were things like um, the grocery stores. They didn't always have. All, all different kinds of food the way we're used to our grocery stores here having all everything stock all the time mm -hmm. so you just you'd see what was available and you'd get whatever okay. so I was just overwhelmed by to see the way we have such an ex an abundance of, yes we have we have such an abundance here we don't yeah. we, we don't might not it. realize it we until we it. go somewhere else so yeah. I was going through all that but yeah then I started medical school and that was and that's like a four-year yeah it, was it what people think of medical school as being a lot of work, very intense. Yeah. Medical yeah. school was very intense. Yeah. It was very intense. I 
up to that time in college, because I had already been accepted, you just had to have a B average. Mm. I just like enjoyed myself and just had fun. Okay. And I got by. Like I feel a little guilty, but I got yeah, by. And I had a B average, and I had fun. Yeah. Um, so medical school is like <laughs> like a sink or swim. Like yeah. I did not have good study habits. I okay. had to develop them. That's when I developed study habits in medical school. Okay, it's a very painful process if you do it then. That's why I say yeah. I was not a pre med. Like a lot of people, uh, a pre med, they're always studying. I have to do. I didn't have to do all that. So yeah. I was like a total fish out of water. Not really. But did and you it's, enjoy it? Um, is there any enjoying medical school? I you know. Uh, it was really intense. Yeah. I almost quit the first year. Oh, wow. I almost was like, this is not, and we had a very, there was one per particular professor who I won't name, but <laughs> very traditional, mm -hmm. very old school, very sexist, misogynistic. Mm, okay. It was just very intense and failed a lot of people. It was mm. like, you know, just whatever. Nasty. Um, but, um, I made, I had a couple good, really good friends from medical there's it's intense and and you're changing right mm -hmm. your your whole whatever it's a process you go through well, and say then, the, the brain isn't fully formed until 25 or so yeah yeah so uh but anyway it's yeah I, if i knew about it i don't know if i would have done it you oh, know wow. okay. or i might have done something else or i might have you know i always secretly would have wanted to be an english teacher so there you go Right. <laughs> also words. That's words. getting us yeah. back to uh, words. words and I did, literature. I worked on a um, newspaper. In, in college or? Well, I did in college. I worked on a, a newspaper a little bit. It was hard. There was a, I don't know if that was a socialist. It was called The Rake. Okay. And that was fun. That was yeah. a fun paper. I learned a little bit on, it was the old days. So this typeset, you had to set oh, the yeah. type and do the printing yep. and do the strips of columns and glue yep. them and stuff. But um, but I was also like really procrastinating and doing. I did, only did a couple articles. I didn't do too much. Okay. Then we started a paper called "What's Up, Doc?" in med school. Oh, little, yes. but just more like a little newsletter. But yes, what kids might call a zine. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Yeah, I yeah. So, but it was hard to that only to the extent that studying allows. So, but yeah, yeah. So there was always some kind of writing or music going on. I guess. Yeah. Okay. I still played in the orchestra in med school. Oh wow! Just still for the first flute. for the first year. Yes. Then it gets to be, you just can't. And once yeah. you go into the clinical, it's just like, yeah. th in those days, it was like those 24-hour and things. They, they didn't have limits on hours. It was right. before that lawsuit thing happened. Right. So Where it's um, like, and even after yeah. that, it's still brutal. Yeah. And we were talking, I think we talked before that when I started med school, it was just as HIV was starting to okay. become known. Okay. It wasn't known right when I started at mm -hmm. least so not in Providence it was in the 80s okay. yeah okay so that was like a big that was really major that was the thing at the time it was very hard and did that have anything to do with your move out here what what was it that brought you out here what brought me out was probably it, it was in med school I was I was one of the one of a small number of out queer people in med in my med school class very small and some of us and not just med school, but from college age, mm -hmm. we came to San Francisco for a spring break. Oh, yes. And it was so much fun. Yeah. So much fun. So that would have been also uh, early 80s, late 70s? Yeah. It was yeah. In, in, no, in the 80s. It was mid-80s. Mid like, 80s, okay. uh, yeah, probably probably around, eight, I don't know, probably around 86. 
87, something like that, maybe okay. 87, 88. I do love to hear people's first visits to San Francisco, too. Oh, do you want to talk about that, that, that one, trip? So I came, you know, well, it's probably... I don't know. I, I think there were like five or seven of us or something. There was somebody who had been at Brown who lived here. And then a bunch of us came from Providence. And I don't, I don't, it was spring break. So we just came for a week. Um, Armistead, Maupin, you know, remember? Oh, yeah. Yes. So one of, one of our friends was from North Carolina. And we and we talked. It was like, so that's some of getting back to the beginning and origins and stuff. Uh, uh, not literary now, but going to cuisine. Okay. This friend, it's from North Carolina, and we he says, let's have a poor white trash dinner. He's like, he came from a poor white trash background. <laughs> okay. But we realized in talking, the food, soul food, and it's poor just white soul, trash yeah. food, it's very similar. A lot of overlap. Food. Like yep. we were, so we were yep. talking, and we're like, let's just have this thing. And then, you know, Tales of the City, they hadn't all been written by then, but okay. we had read some, and it was like, yeah, you know, and we were so excited. That was we're kind like, of your impression of life of San in San Francisco. Francisco. So yeah, we're yeah. like, we're here, let, and we decided have this poor white trash dinner and we're like let's call him up and invite him to come over you can do things like that and they had days. phone books when they had phone yep, books. Yep. We, he was listed oh, wow. we did call him we talked to him and i i saw him at a book reading just a couple years ago and i mm-hmm. let him know because he he was like oh i kind of vaguely remember because he was just about to go to paris or he was off somewhere right. and he couldn't come but we had this fun time talking to him and we had this meal we cooked i made fried chicken we made all that we had mashed potatoes we had biscuits we had greens we had all this stuff and we had dozens of people they were like I don't know, 30, 50 people came. Wow. All queer people come. Yes. And there was somebody there who'd been a vegetarian for like 15 years. Oh. Broke. Just because that Oops. was the best chicken ever. Like, <laughs> yeah, they changed. Exactly. It was like, yeah. oh my gosh. So, uh, anyway, it was fun. You know, that that was my first time to San Francisco. I love it. Did you talk to Armistead on the phone? I, I did not. I you did not talk ones. to him okay. directly. But you were there. I was right there on yeah. the phone. Because yeah. whoever was talking to him was like, oh, you can't tell. I'm sorry. You can't come. You know, but so. Did that add to the kind of, I don't mystique is probably the wrong word, but just the excitement of this oh, place. Oh, it was and fun. This- but, but and also for us at the time. So that, that, that Tales of the City, though, that the way it was um, for us coming from Providence, there, there are a lot of similarities. And you're not in San Francisco, but you're in Providence. You're having all these kind of adventures, and things are. You're leading a fun queer life of young people, so awesome. you can really identify with right. that. So it was just fun. Right. You know, it was totally, it was totally blast. So I always had a positive feeling about San Francisco. So when it came time to, I decided to go into family medicine because mm-hmm. I, I like older people, I like younger people, I like babies, I like everybody. And so, um, and I thought they were, I thought they were the nicest people if, of the specialties, but but I learned later, they're nice people in every specialty. So, right, right. but that was my thought when I first went out there. But I, and I, I wanted to do um, under work with underserved populations. So I ended up interviewing different places, Chicago, okay. the Bronx, mm-hmm. I went to DC, or usually urban underserved places. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I interviewed at San Francisco General and I really liked that program. So that's, you, when you, um, out of med school, once you decide the specialty and you figure out and you get your interviews, you rank, there's a ranking system hmm. and you, you rank them and the programs rank the people and oh, then they right. have a match. So you just get your match. So I was lucky your to match. Your match was SF General. Yeah. Yeah. I was wow. really lucky to match her. And were you, were you, what did you think of that? Like you had this one experience here, but now you're, you could come here 
Um, and start a oh, career? I was, or? I was very happy. Well, I wasn't thinking. Well, I just was coming for training. Okay. It's three years. Okay. Little did I know I would spend the rest of my life here. So yeah. I, haven't, I haven't left since I came. What so year was that? That 80? was in 1990. 90. Oh, you, you let the earthquake happen and then you're like, okay, now it's good. Oh, yeah. So the earthquake, <laughs> yes. the earthquake happened on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And I had tickets to come already on Friday because wow. I was doing some kind of interview and one of my friends from the France peace camp wow. who is from Brazil was going to be in San Francisco in, in, in California and it was like this whole like the pictures we got in Providence were like you know they showed the way they show it on the news like so horse like was the was the um the the runway broken down you know it's like i was like i'm calling i was like i've got to go you don't understand i was like so i did go i came to you san came francisco okay. and and i but the weirdest thing i was always on muni or something hmm. for every aftershock like i didn't feel a thing <laughs> like it's, there was an aftershock and she was like no I, like i was always on the bus i didn't notice You're anything like, was that a pot but i saw or? some damage you know i saw a little bit right, right. or whatever cab drive there were cab drivers in those days yep and they would take you around show you stuff you know but i oh, like earthquake safari uh-huh. Really? But they just Never did that, that like, yeah, they would just, Interesting. But, you know, it was the first week. They were like, yeah. look at this, you know, because it was a shock. So for years yeah. afterward, the thing that got me was about the Bay Bridge. Yeah. So I always like, if there was traffic, like, or, you know, there's, um, they took it down now, but yes, there's a, did. there's an overpass that's on Geary Boulevard. Yeah. And I would always like, it's like, if there's any overpasses, yeah. I would just stop before that. Cause like, if there's oh. an earthquake, I don't want to be crushed. That was yeah. just like my worst. Like, I don't want to be crushed. I don't want to fall in my car into the bay. I just don't want that. That was we like saw my those worst. Images on TV yeah. And it was in, just like, yeah. Oh no. So, so I was like that for years. Okay. Um, yeah. So you moved here in 90 yeah. and not knowing that you were going to stay. Yeah. I think that's, a, that's another kind of part of the moving here story for yeah. those of us who are still oh, here. It's uh-huh. like, you don't always know you're going to stay. You're yeah. just, you know, you're going to this place and, and you're drawn there for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of us, it's this, it's the same or similar reasons, yeah. but, and now it's like 30, you know, 30 years is a long time. Um, <laughs> oh, you want the 30 I years? Do... In, 30 years. <laughs> well, you, the highlights of the 30 years though, I did my training, very intense. I met my partner there who now we're separated, but we're, you know, we had kids. Okay. And, uh, but first, first we just worked and had a good time and mm-hmm. working. I had to pay all my loans off Ooh, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And, but I've been working a lot. When you work as a, the, the type of jobs I've worked with underserved populations, mm-hmm. I've always kind of worked a lot of extra hours to get, to really take care of people. You have to put in, you just give that time. Right. And so for that reason, I'm not, I feel very, uh, I'm working on, um, a manuscript I was just working on this morning called it's called Analog Poet Blues. Okay. And I'm very analog, I'm very old yes, school. It's I as if it. I still am back from the eighties because hey. a lot's happened and and if you work in these settings, underserved setting, we had floppy disks for the longest time yeah. when other stuff was happening. So, and I'm a late adopter and I just turn out to not be really too much into social media, internet and all that That's stuff. Wonderful. But anyway, it's I have lovely kids, to hear. I have kids. The kids are now uh, college and just finished college right right so, right. Um, so that's sort of that speeds you through like a lot's gone on you know I I always wanted to go to public health school and I ended up going back to school back in 2007 2008 oh well, wow, okay because there was that 
economic downturn. Yes. I got partially laid off from work, so mm. I went to Berkeley to get an MPH, and I worked part time because wow. it was it was a difficult time then. Yeah, it was. But it was so fascinating. I worked. I, I did an MPH in epidemiology at Berkeley, and it was so interesting because they they had data sets of um, the HIV positive population in San Francisco. Oh, and wow. I realized like my TA, who was like this brilliant grad student, then I realized like I was older person. I was like in my forties going to this thing and and they're talking about this thing and I realized this are actual people. And mm. I might have known some of the I start crying in the middle of class because I realized like right. these are like I was there. I was there at the they have you know, did you see this documentary about five A? There's I a, haven't seen it yet. Oh, no, I've heard about it. you should see that. Yeah. That was like, the nurses who are in this, there are people who were, they were so kind to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I know these people. They were so kind to me. A lot of them are still around. Too. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's so, anyway, it was just a, an interesting time. So that gives yeah. you sort of a a broad um, a broad thing. I think, do anyway, it's a broad thing. But the one thing I forgot to let you know about, way back, Unfortunately, in high school, I had a very difficult teacher mm -hmm. who was said something to me that really crushed any thought I had about doing writing. Because hmm. he's okay. like, "You're a terrible writer. You just really, just horrible." One of those charmers. And I got so I never took an English class in Brown. You could take anything you want. Right. I never took an English class. I never. Wow. I was interested. I used to write poetry as a child. Mm -hmm. My dad wrote poetry, mm -hmm. and I just like never did it until a friend who I was working with at Luger de Honda where I work right. um, got me into she she wrote a book and got an award for poetry and I was like oh and I went to Herb's talk and yes. we got to chat and she's like you know you seem really creative you'd be really you should get into this and I was like oh no, no, no. And, and I waited two years and I said could you help me get started and she helped me get started how long ago was that that was um, six and a half years ago oh is that all yes that is all that's why I'm new I'm emerging so, I am so surprised because yeah. I've seen you per perform and yeah. speak your your poetry i yeah. never would have thought you started that recently so that's when i never. started i just started wow. when you saw wow. me that's probably when i started uh doing readings i just started that around 2018 yeah yeah yeah, yeah and that's where our lives intertwine yes. okay uh yeva thank you so much for all of that can we end mm -hmm. with um a little old thing uh our our theme this year on the show is we're still here We've spoken about it a little bit. Yeah. Um, you 31 years. Yeah. Um, I've been here coincidentally 21. Okay. But, um, and Michelle 22. Uh, anyway, you know, coming out of uh, economic turmoil, a pandemic, a social and racial uprising, what uh, I'll just go ahead and say tech has done to this city in the last decade or uh -huh. so. Uh huh. We think it's remarkable, the people who are still here. Uh, um, there's yeah. still a vibrant community. There's still people such as yourself uh, in in both art and medical professions who are people who are, you know, working to make this a better place mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and doing that daily work and, and, you know, making it also just a more interesting, a more loving, a more accepting kind of place. Um, I'm editorializing. That's my yeah. take on okay. it. But I want to hear your... your um, thoughts your feelings about this san francisco maybe maybe you know i know I, we're not by any means out of the pandemic yeah uh, we're not by any means out of a lot of stuff yeah but we're but we're at a f an inflection point i believe yeah. 
Yeah. I just love to know your. Well, it's interesting. Well, it's so I've it's been I've been thirty years. You know, I interestingly when I first came and I came from Providence, so Mm -hmm. it was a shock. Like so expensive here. Yeah. And I like even in ninety because I had come from I. I used to pay four hundred dollars for a three bedroom apartment in yeah. Providence, yeah. and then there were like people were like laughing, like you know, but you could pay at that time you could pay eight hundred dollars for a two bedroom apartment here, right? right? But that was like really expensive. So, but um, and work two or three jobs to pay for it. Yeah, or you know, or <laughs> yeah. whatever, you know, you, you do what you need to do. Yep. And, but but it was more it was more reasonable though. It was more yeah. reasonable back then. Mm-hmm. I I do um I do remember like the first dot com thing that happened because I I. Did end up we end up buying a property in the city in the city years ago, but at at that time it was like it was way more money than we ever thought, and it was kind of a rundown and it was way out where like everything was happening. Sort of, I used to live in the Mission, and I. I went to where about I have to ask because uh, right, I did too. Oh, right near the post office at t- near twenty South Van Ness and twenty third, twenty second, right around there. Right yeah, around okay. There. No, but I was at twenty fifth Mission. Oh, okay. Not so, fun. but in those days, well, whatever. I went to when I started reading. Somebody was talking. Some a, a local poet who's well known about you know. There's a lot. People talk a lot about getting gentrified out of the mission. What's mm-hmm. happened to the mm-hmm. mission? And I, I realized for him it was 20 years ago, right? And oh, I was well. feeling all sorry for him. Then it was like, or it was like 15 years ago or something. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, wait a minute. I that's lived in the mission. <laughs> I lived there 20 years ago, and that's what happened to me. Yeah. It's like wow. But I think there are. But then I moved way out by the ocean, where it used to be like, oh, you live. We'd work on microclimes, right? Who's yep. going to live in the foggy when you can live in the sun and the mission, you know? Right. But actually, there's all kind of people living out in mm-hmm. the avenues, which I used to be all snooty about. But Me I too. moved to the yeah. avenues, and I, it's great, right? And Same. that's where the regular people lived in the avenues yep. until the buses started coming out the neighborhood, <laughs> too, you know? But things are always yeah. changing. Yes. The place always changes. But there are always people here, and there always have been, I think. Yeah. And, you know, and, and the people who've always who've been here before all these people came back in the, yep. the 1840s, mm-hmm. you know, there's been people here all mm-hmm. along. And those people, all the, there are just waves and waves, and there are people who stay uh, from all the waves. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I, there's something about this area you know, I, I, I for a little while because I recently I don't live in the avenues anymore, and I was trying to go to Oakland, but Oakland had already mm. it was like too late. Oakland too late, yeah. so inexpensive, no <laughs> way, it's not affordable. Um, so they're just waves, they're just waves of things, and I remember things like uh, the Bay Bridge. To, I don't know if you remember this, but it used to cost a dollar to mm-hmm. go, mm-hmm. and then they were like, when they raised it to two dollars, they yeah. promised it would be for two years, and then they would turn it back. I was like, did they yeah. say that? Oh, of course, no, you don't know these are. Like, of course. And, and then each time, oh, that. we're going to this. Or, oh, you know, man. they close these housing projects. Oh, they're going to let people come back. Oh, they didn't yeah. do, you know, there's stuff. The city is like that, you know. Yeah. But there are people who do stay, who hang on. Or it, it's enlarged. It's not all about San Francisco right, anymore. Right, right. It's about the Bay Area. I, I think it's about the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. That lifeblood is in the Bay Area. And I have, like, strong connections, you know, like, because there, there are people always moving out different places. But there's some coming back. But there's, there is something linking that that Bay Area, that spirit of creativity, of people doing stuff, of people interested in social justice and all kinds of activities, of people reaching out across different types of 
uh, potential barriers. I think that's still, that is still a thing. And I'm really grateful to be living in an area like that and where we can have, where we can meet over, over Zoom and meet amazing poets and storytellers and musicians and multi-talented people in so many areas. So I've seen all these amazing teachers who do, people who do all kinds of hybrid type stuff they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic, you know, yeah. and, and, and so I, yeah. Yeah, I love your analogy of waves. I mean, it's it's poetic, uh-huh. but it's also a great analogy, just a basic analogy, uh, and and it makes a lot of sense yeah. because of the type of environment yeah. we live in. Yeah, I think it's also, um, I think there's, and this definitely goes back, but a lot of humans who come here, and I think respond to the place itself because it is so such a beautiful and unique physical place yeah. and you 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 can't help but be kind of captivated yeah. and then respond to it yeah um yeah. it is beautiful although i never in my day it was like there, there were still there were the droughts were happening but there's still for a while there was still what rainy season and dry season yep. but now i feel like we have dry season and fire season yeah and it's just so awful it's like oh but there's a lot to do there are these young people who are amazing who are like so organized Mm -hmm. so brilliantly like doing stuff Mm -hmm. and they're doing it in the poetry all kinds of worlds and there's just room for overlapping worlds there's always room for things to to improve i believe that there's always room for things to improve it doesn't always happen but there is room for that and there's the possibility and that's what i believe in so that keeps me going it's called Incantation for Black Lives to Remain in Focus After the Outrage Fades. With gratitude to community of writers and the BIPOC writing community's Carrie Marr. Oh, wise one, we call on your essence. We cleave to justice, but find only feather pillows after the owl's flight, a shifting enemy. We seek, O Mother, a path to prevent more deaths, more suffering. Let not our heart's desires immolate on scattered alliances fanned by misbegotten echoes of promises already broken. This time, let the sword strike at the root to end this senseless cycle. And that's that poem, inspired by the events of last summer. That was from last summer, but so many things going on and, you know... That was Yeva Johnson. As I've mentioned, we're taking October off as far as new episodes go. Check out our archives wherever you get podcasts to find more than 170 episodes to listen to. Until November. Music for the podcast was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. Original photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer, and the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our fourth season, we have more than 160 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you can, please rate and review our show so we can reach even more folks. We love email. Drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay strong, stay healthy, keep dreaming, and we'll see you next time on Storied San Francisco.
This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.